Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top Chef for Hop Up. I'm Healing Strong, and I'm here today with my cat, Jasper, who never joins in for podcasts, but he is here today. If you're one of the $10,000 patrons, you will be able to sort of see him if your video quality is high. Otherwise, he just looks like a lump on the chair. I'm joined today by Kurt Clark. Hi, Kurt Clark. Yeah. I was, I was like, um, are you just ghosting me like live on video? <laughs> Latanya, you're not going to ghost no, me live no. on video. No, that video. was like, that was the least exciting, to, excited to be here I've ever heard to start a podcast. Kurt, what I thought that? we were friends. <laughs> I just said meow. I was I was speaking to Jasper. I know, but you oh. took a long time. Yeah, I but I had headphones frozen. on. Jasper can't hear. Jasper just hang on. I, I I do feel like I have a little bit of a delay like with you two, so maybe there is some sort of internet connection. I'll blame it on that. Sure, 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 sure. Anyways, uh, welcome to another episode of Top Chef Wrap Up. I did not have high hopes for this episode, but I came out enjoying it. I gotta say, mm-hmm. I I like. Ooh. Why are you going to ask? Well, let me answer this for you. The quick fire challenge, yes. put your spin on a classic street food dish from around the world. I thought that would have been a perfect and amazing elimination challenge. And the elimination challenge, yeah, they, did alert, yeah. they did. They did like a bit of a swap in teams of three compete in a mise en place race and create three dishes featuring your team's mise en place ingredients. And the elimination challenge was tied in with the Fast and Furious movie franchise, a franchise that I think I've maybe seen 20 minutes of 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so I was like thinking it was going to be a bit tacky because I find that sometimes when they try and do these movie promos, it feels like a little off brand a la the Trolls movie premiere in Pop <laughs> Chef Literal All-Stars. <laughs> Where we have some of the best chefs in America competing in a Trolls-themed dish. But that was years ago. We are fine. We have moved past it. So I thought this was going to be a terrible elimination challenge. But I actually really enjoyed it. And I thought it worked super well. Anyways, how do you guys Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean in terms of it being very... I mean, obviously, the the mise en place race is typically quick fire, but then you're right. Looking back at the street food challenge, that's something that felt a little bit more like it should have been an elimination. And the, and then the, ironically, Charbel was saying, well, oh, I usually do better at the quick fire than the eliminations. Uh, but I'm doing pretty good. Like, and so it kind of like, he also ended up flipping because he ended up not yeah. doing that well in the elimination. Turns out. <laughs> um, but so I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, I liked it more than I was expecting when I heard what was happening. I was a little mad, but then I, chilled out and remembered that it is just an entertainment tv show that's aired on bravo it did make me like a little bit like wildly upset at first though a uh, little wildly upset wildly just like really there is a there is a really thrown at the tv and um, i think that's a deserve really yeah at what point when they announced the elimination yes because the quick fire through the quick fire was was good. It was, and the marks, it was like a normal yeah. episode of television, and then they were like, "We're going to have our fastest elimination challenge ever," and it's like, "Why?" But yeah, why? I was like, "That's never a good sign for yeah, me." That it's doesn't a terrible sign. I want all of my food in thirty minutes, all of it. Um, I that's where I was feeling with it too. I was like, no, 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 I want these people to do great work. Like, let's give them more time. But I do think everyone was pretty darn effective 
in that short amount of time, probably because they didn't have time to overthink it. But we'll get there after we talk about the quick fire challenge. Like I said, put your spin on a classic street food dish from around the world. Our guest judge was Judy Jew, chef and owner of Soulbird. And um, we had a map. If you know me, love a map. Love when a map comes out, big fan. Um, and they have little passport stickers with countries on it. I was really excited to see Canada represented, forgetting the fact that there was literally two sh- contestants from Canada on this season. But, you That's know, okay. you the brain doesn't excited. always work. Um, I think you knew it was going to be Putin. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like Putin. And then when, he, when the brain pulled it, it was like, Putin. I was like, yeah, 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 absolutely. The the U.S. one, I think, was one of the few. There were like three or four that were left over. Um, and the, I'm, I'm curious what the U.S. one would have been. Like, like hot dog? Yeah, maybe? burger. Pretzel. Um, but I like this challenge. I like that they didn't know what the dish they were going to make was going to be. But it was like a representative of the street food of that country. And I just feel like there was a few. You probably could have guessed what it was going to be. But a, a a number of them like india has such a huge street food culture that like could have been anything and we would have loved it um so Mm -hmm. gabri chose canada after he won top chef mexico he took a trip to canada looked like the albertan rocky mountains but you know you do you gabri i mean it's beautiful part of canada but yeah we all knew it was going to be poutine was i mad at him for his representation of poutine I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I don't. I absolutely, if you tried to serve me a dish and called it poutine and it's on parsnips instead of <laughs> potatoes, I'm out. Like, do not try and serve me that. I'm fine if you don't want to put poutine on French fries. If you want to do a, a mashy, maybe a scalloped potato, maybe a fondant, great. I'm in. But do not try and serve me parsnips and tell me they're potatoes. I was a little bit more upset by the crisp cheese, like as opposed to like a, you know, cheese curds that get all melty. I'm wondering if cheese curds just are not as prevalent in the UK as they are in North America. I feel like they're more of a whey country than a curd country, but any British listeners, you can absolutely tweet me and tell me if I'm wrong about that. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. It's not like they have it's not like they had a lot of time. It's not like you could suddenly like curd some cheese. I don't know how long that takes, but uh, I'm guessing it would not have been it in the confines of the show. Decon- it doesn't, it's a, even if it's a deconstructed poutine, like you're not, you're not having it. Like that's not your poutine. It's the op for me. Poutine's a lot about texture. And that's mm-hmm. like, I would just like, you know, if you if you substituted parsnip for potato, what's something that's curd like that you could also, subst- I don't know if the answer is, yeah, like I'm I'm less offended by the crisp cheese because I get it. Like I get why he has to do that. And I'm totally fine with the chicken gravy and the pancetta and mushrooms. That sounds delicious. But the parsnip fries, like don't at me. That's not okay. <laughs> I never had that. I tried them, but like take that out of the context of the I poutine. like parsnip. I'm curious. I'm curious. The, oh, and, and small notes. So I'm exploring going to Vegas in June. And someone was telling me that, uh, so I usually stay at the Cosmopolitan Hotel, which is right next to the Aria. And someone was telling me that the Aria has a brand new kind of food hall, which is like a food court, but fancy. And the, um, and one of the, I was, I was like a few days before the episode was just checking out that food hall. And one of the places in there was Solbert. And so, which is the, the, the place that the, oh, the, the cool. guest judge, uh, that Judge Judy, our guest judge, <laughs> uh is uh her that's her restaurant and i i checked online to see and yeah i was just kind of like oh wow i know that place just recently so i plan on checking that out uh if the biggest trip comes through i love that for you um uh, tom he may he chose india and of course he was a little nervous about this with padma being one of the judges um he made valpuri with raw and sauteed vegetables on mushroom steak with chopped masala and cumin. It sounded great. Padma's face, though, whenever anyone makes Indian food is just the funniest, shadiest thing. Well, the absolute gall of a white man to make (laughs) 
<laughs> Indian food for oh, Padma yeah. is striking, but you know, oh, you yeah. take that chance. It is exactly the amount of gall that you would expect any average white man to have. They would all take that. Are you, calling, are you calling Tom average? <laughs> I, I thought that for a second too, but I think I think Latanya was just, you know, hyperbolizing I was. Tom. I was. I think we can all agree that Tom is not average. Is, is but also average. kind of average. Yeah, but also kind of average. But also he kind said of average. So. But he yeah. would say that about himself. And he was actually on the top of this dish. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Um, Ali uh, chose turkey and he made a doner kebab with spice sujik and yogurt pomegranate sauce. Oh boy, this looked good. Oh my gosh. That looks amazing. It looked good. But the, the only thing is like donor kebab was one of the potential culprits for the two days of uh, oh, yeah, gastrointestinal distress I had in London. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I saw this. I was like, oh, but but what I had was German donor kebab, not Turkish donor kebab. Yeah, that so, could be the difference. Uh, if Tom had ended up with this one, I might have felt differently. Donor kebab always makes me think about the donor party. Which is <laughs> the donor kebab? <laughs> is that the t? Is that the like people who are in the the carriage and they ate each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the exact tweet. Uh, Buddha chose Vietnam and he made a banjiao with pork, shrimp, bean sprouts, and coriander. He said he's never made this before, but he did end up winning. Um. I thought this looked incredible. Like, who am I? I'm not I'm not lying to anyone by saying that absolutely every single one of these dishes I would crush in no. four seconds. And that includes the poutine. <laughs> it's so Canada that that would be your national dish. Yeah, I would say our other national dish, if I had to say one, would be the beaver tail, which is what you guys would call, I believe, an elephant ear. Yeah. What is that? Latanya just like leaned in, like, <laughs> huh? Like there was like this this slight three inch lean forward where I could tell she was like, "Did I hear that right?" I'm just gonna listen and just make sure I'm understanding what was said. Yeah, it's like a flat donut. Yeah, that you can put toppings on. Okay. Are they like bear claws, or are they like a thinner fried dough? They're fried dough. Okay. Huh. So you guys don't have elephant ears readily? No, I, I've heard of them, but they're not like a national pastime. Well, you guys have more things to concentrate on than poor little Canada up here. We're like, we've got poutine and we've got beaver tails. I only associate elephant ears with carnivals and state fairs. Yeah, mm. um, we associate them with existing. And there's a literal chain restaurant that only serves beaver tails. And it's called Beaver Tails. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a restaurant. <laughs> I feel like I feel like people who are listening who have not been to Canada think I'm like making up Canada. It does sound like a fanciful land of some sort. It you know, it's like <laughs> Oz. replaced by an AI that knows nothing about Canada. Canada is <laughs> just, just like a whimsical <laughs> place. Like people, well, you have like all these like stereotypes of Canada, and it's like, well, there's a reason it's these like are all the rumors are true. All the rumors are true. <laughs> like I gotta say, um, uh, any uh, okay. You, so Amar made. You have you talk about- to uh, ask Chat GPT. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, hey, I was say you drew me to ask Chat GPT to tell ask to tell me some whimsical things about Canada. I love that. Well, you're going. You're you're coming to Canada soon, and you're going to see how whimsical it is. So, it's whimsical. Um, Amar chose Colombia, and he made a breakfast arepa with fried egg, pork belly, bacon, and chorizo. Listen, I would say, okay, this sounds great. I would order this in a restaurant. I would say we're maybe not focusing on the arepa as much, my friend Amar. Like, if I, I know we talked about it last week, but like. I feel like that would be a hard dish to eat yeah. on the go because you would need a fork and knife. It's pork three ways with an egg, which is a lot as well. Yeah, I'm happy yeah, with it. I would I would order this in a brunch restaurant, but I would not eat this as a street food item. I don't know how you there's would. A Colombian, there's a Colombian cafe across the street from me and they 
I ordered some uh, arepas from there, except I was thinking torta. And so I was very disappointed mm. when I got home. Not that they weren't good, but just that I was like, <laughs> I had my eyes set up. My, 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 I was locked in on tortas. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Charbel had Japan and he made fried takoyaki with Japanese aioli. Uh they were really hard on Charbel here for him the whole episode. I was like, Charbel, you and your beautiful eyes. I feel so sorry for you. Um, the guest judge was like, "This is not takoyaki. It doesn't remind me of takoyaki." <laughs> and he's like, "Great, I've never made it before. I tried my best." <laughs> also, Charbel had the most shocking moment of the episode when he revealed he is twenty-five years old yeah i i was shocked i screamed ethan screamed as well i texted multiple t- people who i know watch the show they were also like i screamed when he said he was 25 like how Not, do you just get well, to- he, say he has kept saying he's the youngest still but that's quite young. but you don't have the right yeah. to be that young no not in a competition like this he's already one top chef so he probably he did that when he yep. was under 25. I like I was just like reveling in the fact that I am like, you know, I've been watching reality TV for a long time. It was a hard reality for me to face once I started being older than a majority of the contestants on the show I mm-hmm. was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least in Top Chef and especially like a Top Chef All-Star season I can usually like rebel in the fact that I am younger than the contestants cannot do that Charbel you have crushed my dreams yeah that's gonna get harder and harder every year you realize Haley yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. like well, I remember watching yet. are we I, no are we Kurt no, no <laughs> we're talking I, about now I, I'm already at the I'm already at the point where uh, I I can't remember oh it was a uh, on Survivor Panama, where I'm like, oh, I would have been on the old person tribe now. I I would have been on the old women's tribe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> on that season at this uh, point. Uh, All my wow. joints are fully functioning. Oh, wait, I, I would have been can, on the old can, person site. Tribe site. You can, uh, site. You can, <laughs> the you site can, you can have chat you can have chat GPT play two, two truths and a lie about just random things. Oh my god. Kurt, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. But I did it about Canada. It was it was on topic. Sorry. What did they say about Canada? Uh, the Canada has a law that makes it illegal for businesses to sell products at a higher price than in other countries. In 2013, okay. a Canadian man legally changed his name to Captain Awesome because he thought it would help his job prospects. The Canadian government once created a secret program to train beavers to parachute behind enemy lines during World War II. Can you guess which one is the line? I'm guessing the beavers is a lie. No, I bet the beavers is true. The selling a higher also product the, at a higher price. That price doesn't seem correct because if you look at any book in Canada, it shows the American price and the Canadian price. And the Canadian price is always, and I'm not getting like $10 higher, except for like two years in 2009, like 2010, when your dollar crash and ours was a little higher. And they evened out for like, 18 months max and then it's back to like ours is way more expensive kurt what was the lie it was the uh it was the beaver was a lie yeah oh. i also disagree um, with but the- you know chat gpt has been known to lie so maybe there were two lies in the truth maybe um or three sarah- truths or three <laughs> lies sarah picked argentina she made empanadas with ground beef uh shallots corn and piquillo peppers she was in the bottom with this dish she did make her own empanada dough but it was dry yeah she can't really win sarah no she's like i'm dough. just not making any breads and or doughs from now on yeah too much butter in that dough I do feel like Sarah this season has just had this like immense amount of peace around her. Yeah. Like everything that she does, she's like, oh, yeah. I'm in it to win it. But like if something doesn't go my way, I'm not going to have a fit. I'm not going to get angry. I'm just going to go. Yeah, this is fine. It's, you know, we're having a good time here. And I'd like to remind everyone that she's pumping during all of this. It's crazy. And sending it back home. Was was the was this the also the, the empanada dish the one where they had a flashback to the the off the shelf waffle mix? Yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, 
Uh, Nicole had China and she made maple and bacon bubble waffle bites. I gotta say, these didn't look fantastic, and I no, will give the judges I felt that. Bad. I like them. I would have. I would have tried them. Don't get me wrong. No, but they look. Uh, they looked a little burnt. They looked and a they little stodgy. Uh, like they, they said that the dough like was a little really, tough, and I was like, yeah, I can. Yeah, oh, kind of stodgy. That's some Bake Off terms being channeled here. Mm. You're so fancy. Um, Victoria had Jamaica, and she made jerk chicken with ginger, lemongrass, and pineapple. And Padma was like, "This is tasty." So yeah, you know, and then they did time. nothing about it. Yeah, they're like, "Why don't you just hang out in the middle, Victoria? At least there's no walnuts in the kitchen this time." Oh my god! I was just glad she was like not the bottom. Finally, yeah, I would have to make more there. jerk chicken, Victoria. I'm surprised that it wasn't more of like a. Uh, this is a small thing. I would have appreciated a knife draw versus a everybody run for what you want. There's been a lot of running for what you want lately. It's kind of ableist, but you know, whatever. Yeah, and later on we saw <laughs> later on in the episode we saw um, Gabri doing some light running and he fell, and then later later on we saw him icing his knee. Yeah, it's not okay. That did not look like that. Was not a yeah. I'm fine. Bounce back up. Sort of fall. That was no. definitely a. Like uh, that, I was surprised. Like he didn't like bust his teeth. Like it looked like he because he was holding something, so he couldn't really stop himself with his hands. Yeah. So once you could do that, you sort of roll on your shoulder or something. It was scary, and um, now he's going to be playing with an injury. So that sucks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm sorry, but next week's episode, I don't know if you saw the preview for it. I won't give anything away. I just want to say it looks like a complete disaster and I cannot wait. I get so uncomfortable watching Restaurant Wars and I feel like it will be this way. And into the Elimination Challenge, like we said before, this was gosh darn sponsored by Fast and the Furious. May I ask you guys, what is your favorite Fast and the Furious franchise movie? Uh, have I? I don't think I've even seen one of those. I haven't. I've Are, seen them all. I've seen them all, but that, I, that, that doesn't surprise me in a loving way. Except for I, I can't remember. If, I can't. Well, I've not seen ten, but the um, I can't remember. They all blur together for me. Is the thing yeah. I couldn't tell you that I know. Like three was Tokyo Drift. Um, <laughs> whichever whichever one had like them basically driving down the streets of the city with a huge safe like uh you know tied to the back of the car it's like they're going like they're, they're like trying not to kill people throughout most of the movie but then this like they're just driving around the safe is just like hitting buildings and like ricocheting off of cars as they're driving so you remember which one that is and then at the one that also took place at uh uh, in Dubai, where they drive the car from one skyscraper to another, like by crashing through the window, sailing through the sky, and landing in another window. Wow. Um, yeah. I also have a question: Which location is the most shocking to you? That was um, the background of a 
Fast and the Furious movie? And why is it Scotland? <laughs> you got to go to Scotland. You know, those highlands, the, the log of Woolen. You've got to go there. I know, but I feel like they have protected areas that you don't want to be like driving, driving. these muscle cars around. Yeah, probably. I have a feeling that six London was the safe one and then seven okay, forgot these are these are kind of in order the seventh one was the the, the one in Dubai where they drove from building to the building I, mm, that would the, make sense. I forgot about Cuba actually uh, so that one also took me by surprise but yeah Scotland was definitely the which of these things seems not like the other um always forgetting about Cuba Kurt <laughs> such an American thing to do seriously very are you guys allowed to go to Cuba yet uh we were, yes. but then did they? We were, but then I can't remember if they like withdrew that at some point. They they may have withdrawn it during the Trump administration, but there were um, like student visas available for you to go, even like during the time when you weren't supposed to go. Because oh, I had a friend that went there. Very interesting. Hmm. Everything is like the 1960s there. It is pretty crazy. Well, like that's like a, a very popular destination for Canadians to go. And I say mm. this with a lot of love. A lot of people choose to go there because there's no Americans. Can, can Americans still travel to Cuba in 2023? The short answer is yes. However, unlike your neighbors traveling to Cuba from Canada, Americans are subject to certain restrictions. Since tourism technically isn't allowed, your trip must fall into an authorized travel category. That makes sense. Uh, mm. Not at Anyway, <laughs> elimination challenge. I so they said mise en place. They said great. I know what mise en place is. <laughs> I was a little confused as to the rules of this and like how this was shaking out. And I didn't understand it till probably the beginning of round three. <laughs> um, so let me try and describe it, and then you guys can fill in if I mess it up, which is possible. Okay, so we're doing mise en place, but we're doing it in three rounds. And there's three teams. There's the red, green, and yellow. Obviously, a stomping. Hilarious. Fast and the Furious tie-in. First round, whoever comes first, they get to pick their... What ingredient out of the three they just mise en place, they get to use. Mm -hmm. And then the second team gets to pick second, and third gets left. Round two, we're doing again. First team... it's like that. I was confused at that at, at first. I thought they all had to use everything. I thought we were only doing one round. And then when the second round started, I was like, what is happening here? What is going on? Um, the guest judge was Top Chef Canada judge David Zilber. He's like a fun, cool guy. I will say in the latest season of Top Chef Canada, he was on maybe three episodes before he pieced out for his paternity leave, which is fine. I support equal and opportunistic paternity leave here in Canada. But it was funny that they're like, this is the Top Chef Canada representation. He's only on three episodes last season. <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, so round. OK, so this. Oh, my gosh. The teams. Um, on the green team, we have Sarah Amar and Charvel. On the red team, we have Nicole Buda and Victoire. And on the yellow team, we had Tom, Ali and Gabri. I got to say this yellow team quite possibly the most beautiful team of people I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculous. It, they, you know? they are so like the three of them are so beautiful. Like I find Gabri like very wonderful to look at as well. Um, I gotta say, I was a little worried for Buddha, Victoire and Nicole. Um, Nicole and Victoire end up together a lot and they, I think they like each other, but they also clash in the kitchen. And then especially because we have Buddha who has immunity from immunity. winning yeah. the, yeah. um, the quick fire. I was very nervous for them, but they really pulled it out. I think they had the benefit of just like being skilled chefs and like paying to what the challenge was. Um, so round one to represent LA, there was avocados, Miami, oranges, Tokyo, um, two whole hamachis. Um, and gosh, what happened here? I mean, the red team won. The red team won this one. They, they did a great job. Green came second. And then um, the yellow team came third. So obviously, the red team picked the hamachi, green team picked orange, and the yellow team 
was left with the avocados. Gabri was fine with it because he's like, you're going to give a Mexican avocados like have at her. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, the, the green team was like in the lead through the first two rounds, but Nicole really did a good job of dealing with the Hamachis in that, that last stage. Yeah, and they were really doubting her. They're like, there's no way she deboned that. And then like Tom came over and he's like, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Bye. Enjoy. Uh, round two, Mexico, they had prickly pears, Rio de Janeiro, they had uh, two dozen shrimp, and London, they had one cup of peas. Um, the red team placed first in all of these. Yellow team came second in all of these. And um, the green team came third in all of these. What did you think about the red team's choice to pick another protein? Because again, at this point, I still was confused as to what this right. challenge was. I thought the team had to use every, like every team member had to use every ingredient they chose. Yeah, it wasn't really clear until they began that that the next uh, uh, phase of this challenge where they had to actually make dishes. It wasn't really clear that they had to um, kind of like we were being asked to highlight uh, each of the ingredients. To me, though, you could almost interpret that as, well, I guess it's hard to highlight each ingredient in a single dish because then you'd be highlighting three things and you're highlighting nothing. But that's fair. The, because I think Buddha had said, and I can't remember it was in regards to the shrimp or the potential of winning the third round. They say, they said that this, his thinking was let's deprive the other teams of protein. Yeah. Um, and like that strategy made sense to me, but I was like, wow, each of them are going to have to cook two proteins for their dish. And, but that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. But, but, then I, I wonder if they had gotten to the third, if they had won the third round, I wonder if they would have picked the lamb. Cause I, cause I, I would have thought like you potentially want, cause I, at that point I was also thinking, well, you've already got two proteins. Maybe you want something that you feel would go well with both of them. Yeah. But, and like, I wonder um, because like going into that round three, the red team didn't wing a single one of those legs. And I wonder if they just kind of like, was like, let's not, push ourselves too hard because we can work with the other things like it's fine um yeah i was like i can't oh. imagine that they tried to no i can't imagine that they tried to like take their pump you know, take their foot off of the gas i think that they just that the was that know, an like, intended pun for the challenge of oh god fast and the furious uh, <laughs> did you all what was your reaction when the tv just came out on like wheels I was like, I was like, am I in grade yeah. nine science class? I know. I was just like, what is going on? Why are we doing this? <laughs> We're not cooking today. We have a movie to watch. Yeah. It's like a substitute teacher. <laughs> it was funny. Ethan was like, do you think we're going to see Vin Diesel? And then Vin Diesel pops up on the screen. I was like, yeah, we are seeing Vin Diesel. Look at that. There he is. Luda was there. The whole family. <laughs> the whole family. The whole family. Um, and then in round three, Abu Dhabi, there was dates, Cuba red peppers in scotland two racks of lamb now i i'm starting to think tom is a little bit selfish when it comes to these challenges he was like i can um i can bruna bruna a red pepper so quickly and they're like great but gabri can literally literally not not do that like i felt bad for gabri because i felt really bad for him he was like this is not how and he was so idealistic about it he was like this is not how a team is supposed to work yeah like he wasn't even angry at anyone individually he was just upset because they didn't work like a team yeah and this is not the first time tom has done this in a team setting where he's just like well no i want to do this and i I was a little like Tom. You gotta just, you gotta be chill here. You gotta just do it yeah. because you know. Whatever. Yeah, it, it, it seems like I can see, I can see it from Tom's perspective in that, like Ali has claimed dates. He said he has them every day for breakfast. He knows the way around dates, even though he finished third. Uh, he he's said maybe he hasn't mise en place the dates, and Tom rightfully so took them from third to first. He was right about his red pepper skills, mm-hmm. but if you're assuming that that dates and peppers are Ali and Tom's wheelhouse. Then, you know, that leaves Gabriel over and to to do lamb. And I'm just wondering, like Tom, if it just, I, I'm wondering how clearly it was made. It's like, no, it's not that I just made it different. I was like, I've literally never done this. Like, yeah, right. It's it, it would be like asking me to, you know, properly prepare uh, artichoke hearts. Like, could nope, don't even yeah, know where I have to begin. No idea how to do it. And like, why would you, if you know how to do something and you have a technique for it, because 
Tom was like actively talking Gabri through it. And yeah, like, if I, you know how to do it, you then why don't you just it. do that thing? Like, just give one inch in order for your team to have a little more success. Like, what mm-hmm. even is the point of not, of, of not doing that? Well, I don't I'm, think that they would have, I don't think that they would have won had they swapped Tom and Gabri. No, I have to agree with you. Like, I kind of feel like it worked out in their favor that they ended up with like the third selection every time. I was, I was worried. uh, I was initially worried that they had no proteins. And then they not like after they were, especially because two of the three on this team are in, in my draft. They, I was so pleased with the comments that they all got. Like, it, it wasn't yeah. an issue that they had three vegetarian. Well, I don't think I remember if they were all vegetarian because we also learned they weren't all vegetarian, uh, but they weren't like protein focused, which I right. love seeing on top of that. Yeah, because I because we something I didn't realize until they got to like partway through this challenge was, uh, oh, you'll have access to bacon and chorizo in the pantry. So, yeah, I was. Right. I was still a little confused as to like, so they weren't allowed to use protein at all, but like they are allowed to use other vegetables. Like I just didn't quite, I don't feel like they explained this challenge quite well enough or like it was too, there was too many components to this challenge or were, maybe I watched. Yeah. I, or I watched this episode after a very long week and like no, I could not comprehend things. It's not you. <laughs> I ended up watching this episode twice. Um, and it, it was, there was, I think that you can tell that there was some issues with how things were explained by the fact that one team, an entire team, like did yeah. the challenge differently than everyone else because under the way it was explained, that was an option of, do, of like how right. to do the challenge. That's a good, that's a really good point. Like if one of the teams that are literally on the show doesn't quite understand what's happening, then I think like it's hard for a viewer to be like, yeah, this is, I know what's up. Right. It was really weird it was a weird and, episode and even after that decision was made by the uh the green team though it's like you know tom said like that wasn't the issue i mean you could we'll, we'll go through each of the each of the dishes but i think he's like you oh, i was intrigued to see what you were going to do with having each dish contain lamb because as we'll see with with sarah's dish even though like she kind of had uh the oranges it's like it was definitely orange for like it featured mm-hmm. despite it being a lamb dish the orange was strongly the feature and so yeah. she wasn't even like i think we learned pretty early when we got to judges table she wasn't even up for consideration it was the other two yeah mm. uh so i like the way they had to serve the dishes which was like you get half an hour but it was like a staggered start so then the judges would have 10 minutes to um, eat the dishes and I thought it was pretty crazy they're like this is the fastest we've ever had to eat the dishes before like they only had 10 minutes to eat the food and figure it out so like that's not even like a full five minutes per dish to be like okay like yeah I know what's going on here etc like to really be able to differentiate each dish and to have to eat I don't know I guess like nine dishes in half an hour like that's not whatever i mean it's weird it's weird i don't know how to explain it but it's a little weird who was the speed for like was it fast and just because it was the fast and the furious so they could get so they could get that um money skrilla (laughs) that sounded unconvincing coming from me (laughs) and latanya knows it There's so many things that I hope make the the quote thing this week. Oh, the out of context Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. So the yellow team they presented first. Tom made roasted bell pepper with smoked bell pepper and hazelnut puree, chorizo gremolata, feta cheese, and pickled veggies. Ali uh, took the smashed peas with basil and mint, spiced potatoes, garlic, coriander, and chili. And Gabri made charred avocado, red pepper, bacon, soy sauce, vinaigrette, and avocado cream. If if I went to a restaurant and this was served to me as a progressive meal, holy boy, this is yeah. just, I was so blown away by every single dish in this. It was, uh, Ali's dish was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The way it was plated was like one of the most beautiful things that I've seen on yeah. this show. And all of these dishes sound amazing. And they oh. didn't even technically get a freaking 
protein. I know. And the little the little spiced potatoes on Aline's dish, like, oh, oh I would gosh. eat those like popcorn. Yes. Oh, everyone did such a great job here. Yeah. I, and I, I thought the way Tom presented his dish, like presenting everything in the pepper could have felt really 80s, but I thought looked so modern and really beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when he was at the beginning, when he was talking about doing, I'm going to do a red pepper three ways, I thought back to the, the, uh, the soccer slash football challenge where I think when they had to feature a different, whether it was like, you know, a Stilton cheese or apple or whatever the ingredient was each round that you had to feature, we found those teams that did the fill in the blank three ways uh, did have the most success. And so I was actually kind of expecting good things from this choice of his. Well, and, uh, you know, the fact that Tom, the judge said like bell peppers, the ingredient out of the nine that I would least like to work with. And Tom, the contestant, ended up winning the challenge with this and good for yeah. him. And even Gabrie, like Tom, the judge, kept being like, this dish should not work with how many fats you use, but it absolutely does. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, I was really thrilled that this team won um, because I just thought every, every dish they put out was so gorgeous and they really followed what the challenge was. And I think they really benefited from like being left with the veg at the end, honestly. Also, once again, proving that attractive people are just better than us in every way. <laughs> and we should, we should bow to them. We must always walk behind the attractives. I, I didn't realize that we were still looking for evidence to support that conjecture. <laughs> I thought it's been pretty well proven. Talk to chat GPT about it. Yeah. I give you three Michigan stars. Oh, yes. Uh, the red team. Um, Nicole made tempura, prawn, Thai coconut curry, and roasted sweet potato. Ooh, Nicole, she came in on uh, on the wire here. Um, you know, the sweet potato might not have cooked all the way, and then she was worried about plating. But holy mother of pearl, this just looked unreal. I am I am a shrimp girly through and through. Mm-hmm. And then just the dish was so gorgeous, and I thought it was so smart to be like. Well, I didn't want the shrimp to get soggy in the curry, so I put it on a little potato pedestal. Uh, I love a Thai coconut curry. And this one, and I love sweet potatoes so much. Like, I've become a sweet potato-based being recently. Um, (laughs) And and so this was just, like, out of control. Like, I would order at a restaurant, add it to the top three for me in terms of what I want in a restaurant meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victoire made a hamachi tartare with kalatura di alici dressing, lemon, and dates. Um, I was a little nervous for her, too, honestly. Mm. Like, it just didn't... Like, she had some parts of her dish, the tweels she wanted to add, it just didn't seem to work out. She burnt them. Um, and then the judges actually seemed to be, like, a little perplexed about what was happening. But then our guest judge, uh, David, was like, no, this is great. Like, this is cool. <laughs> I think it's because of the uh, the coloratura di Alici dressing. Because didn't she say that it's made out of pure anchovies? Anchovies and anchovies alone, baby. Yeah. Anchovies uh-uh. do Can't do it. Can't um, with an anchovy. And then Buddha made a date cake with miso caramel, whipped cream, and pecan praline. And he served in these really beautiful dishes. Like, I wonder if those were in the kitchen or if he, like, brought those from home because I could absolutely see him bringing them. I want to see see how many, like, luggages Buddha brought with him. I know. He he agreed to pay the extra money to to bring all the luggage. He's like, I don't care about the paycheck at the end. I just care about winning. And that's like, (laughs) I mean, good for you, Buddha. Not. I can't live that life, but I'm also not this talented. Um, he, also I, was, he, he, but he, he also said like he was going to let his teammates take the proteins because he yeah. had money, so he wanted to give them the best chance of winning. So he said, I'll take the dates and I'll make a dessert. Mm-hmm. Although I do think that if he'd made something poor with an ingredient he wasn't familiar with, that like this was a team based. I was, yeah, I was nervous about that aspect yeah. of him, like kind of phoning it in and like pulling a nick almost and top chef new orleans but it worked Uh-oh. it worked well <laughs> uh and then the green team they were in the bottom sarah made a joke 
crusted lamb with honey, tahini, burnt orange yogurt, and orange granulata. Amar made seared lamb loin, carrot Dijonese puree, roasted carrots, and honey glaze. And then Charbel made a harissa grilled lamb chops with brown butter, orange, and sweet potato with jalapeno prickly pear gastrique. So they were a little confused. I think they kind of took it as like, you have to use a couple of the ingredients. They all used the lamb, which I'm absolutely fine with. But I do feel like they needed each one needed to like super highlight it. Mm. Yeah, I again, this is like evident of the way that things were explained because the majority of the judges didn't think that this was the way that the challenge was explained. But Tom was like, no, this makes sense. So even the judges aren't really sure what their rules are. I think I said the dishes <laughs> wrong. Amar made the Harissa grilled lamb chops with brown butter orange and the prickly pear gastrique. And oh, did I get it wrong in the chart? Kurt, I wasn't going to call you out for that. I was going to take on the chin. That part. was so sweet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then Charbel made the seared lamb loin. I think that if if Amar had done something like make a lamb taco with like a prickly pear salsa i think that would have been more like in line with what the challenge they want because it did feel like the prickly pear was an afterthought and definitely if i saw that dish i would not be like that is a prickly pear dish i've you, never and you look at charbel's dish and you're like I, I was like i had to go back a couple of times like i don't remember carrots being one of the key ingredients but he yeah. like did carrots yeah. a few ways there and like that seemed odd but i guess oh, he was like it's I guess it, it also seems like I get that you can make three lamb dishes, but each one focusing on and highlighting a different ingredient. But it's hard when you have like a lamb dish that highlights orange, a lamb dish that highlights prickly pear, and a lamb dish that highlights, highlights lamb, lamb, but not really, yeah. as yeah. well as exactly. the other two dishes that weren't actually focused on the lamb. So I did kind of have the feeling after we saw what happened here, I was like, it's going to be Charvel because he didn't yeah. do enough with the lamb compared to the other two dishes that weren't technically lamb focused yeah. and still did a better job with the lamb. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. I've never had a prickly pear before. I only know it in the T.S. Eliot stuff. But I, is, are they I've had prickly pear margaritas. Yeah, I've had like yeah. prickly pear margaritas. Okay. I like them. I like them a lot. No, not against it. Happy to try it. Just never had it. Um, Unlike the brie has never taken down you know what Gabri neither have I (laughs) also probably never going to um we see Charbel go out here and I am sad but it's we're getting to a point in the season where I really like everyone and I would be sad to see anyone go yeah um so happy trials to our good friend Charbel poor Charbel well he's not out of it that's true spoiler alert yeah Uh, Kurt, want to tell me about Last Chance Kitchen? Also, LaTanya, mm-hmm. you weren't here last week when we had the revelation of that. You can watch it now. I right? can watch it now. Yay! Did Many you watch it? I did. I watched it this morning while Lovely. I was playing The Sims, waiting for this podcast to start. Amazing. But Kurt, yeah, I would never me. deprive you of telling me about Last Chance Kitchen. I'm not. Oh, it was extremely exciting. Extremely exciting. Kind of yeah, a flashback. I'm almost do I need to watch Last Chance Kitchen? Like, I feel like I'm taking a very Josh Wiggler approach to Last Chance Kitchen. Okay. Just let me know it's on returns. Uh, you know, I mentioned the the soccer challenge earlier, um, where they kind of found they had to highlight different ingredients, and they found really quickly that if you just do it multiple ways, that's a, that's the way in. And yeah, in Last Chance Kitchen, they had to create three dishes that highlighted tomatoes in three ways. Um, or it, it, although it looked like when they, I was always expecting them to like have three dishes, it was almost like three preparations of tomato in a single dish. I think because they each brought up just one thing. I thought at first they were making three separate dishes, but yeah, they do. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of a, what are the rules? What are the so? Well, Charbel's like, you know what? I'm doing it four ways. And apparently, that was the right way to do it. Um, he had a tomato concasse or a concasse. What do you have a concasse? Uh, Blanche <laughs> marinated tomatoes and tomato vinaigrette. Um, he, he, it was funny because I think that Tom said, "Wait, you said four ways. Where's the third? But I think blanched and marinated were two of the the four. Um, and then Dale made tomato three ways: tomato butter sauce, which sounds amazing, 
uh, yeah. stewed tomato compote and rest and roasted semi-dried tomatoes with sea bass. Uh, so, um, you know, he had the, the sea bass in there, which I, it's funny because I think, I think Charbel learned from the challenge, like the less things you put in there to draw attention away from the core yeah. ingredient, the less chance you have of kind of your core ingredient getting lost. But, but yeah, so Charbel ended up impressing, uh, Tom C more, um, German Tom is still in the competition. And yeah, so Dale are, is out of it. Um, Sylvia was amazing. Oh, during so last chance you know what? It was worth it for me to watch Last Chance Kitchen, not for the competition aspect, but solely for Sylvia because she was an absolute star for somebody who just was not even a cooking. delightful presence oh, in just, the kitchen. Just an angel. I will, it's okay. I will clean up tomato after you. I, I will, like, yeah, she was like, I will, I will do waste. And then when yeah. uh, it was so cute at the end where she was like, oh, congratulations. This is the way. And I was like, oh, this, this, is, the this is the way. And then I the same thing. <laughs> it's like, how Star Wars of her. But oh, also, uh, also um, I when she was just like, okay, can I try your food now? Where is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. And her commitment to the headband. Like, what an absolute star she is. Get this woman a show. I, seriously. I, I just wish it had been potatoes three ways and not tomatoes three ways. So she, I would have loved to see Sylvia because she rolled the card out also of the, all the tomatoes. She was responsible for bringing that onto set. And I would have loved to have seen the potato queen wheeling out a cart just filled with different kinds of potatoes. She would have just been... <laughs> she would have been, yeah, too- been radiant in doing oh. so. Oh my yeah. gosh. Sil- I can- I'm just happy that we're going to have Sylvia around for the Me rest too. of the time. Me you know? very much. Yeah. She's like, she when she asks them what they're doing, she does it in such, like she tells people where things are in the kitchen. Yeah. I can't wait until we get like a potato challenge next season, like a potato quick fire next season of Top Chef and we have Sylvia as a guest Sylvia judge. comes back. Yeah. Ah. Yes. Bring her to the States. Yes. All right. What'd we eat this week? Let's we we oh my god! What we eat this week? Oh what we god. eat this week? Latanya, what did you eat this week? Difficult to say. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to keep food logs? Is that what you're looking at, Latanya? I like. Are you, look, well, are you looking just, at your like your past grubba borders? Yeah, looking at my order history. Um. See, my <laughs> my dad and I text each other every night a picture of our dinner. So I usually like have what I've eaten in the week because I've texted mm, my dad pictures yeah. of my dinner. See, that's I I adore that you have a dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, have, I have friends I do that with. That's so quaint. Having a father. What is that? Uh, so anyway, I oh boy. <laughs> I had uh oh, I have a dad too. I'm just kidding. I had uh this place, this new place I ordered from because uh here's exactly what happened to me. So like I like to order dinner for succession, right? And I had absolutely no idea what I wanted. I just knew that it had to have a smoothie component. Now that oh. is more difficult than you might think because there are tons of restaurants who you would think sell smoothies that don't actually sell smoothies. So I found a restaurant whose basic conceit is smoothies and other drinks, but they just happen to sell food as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this place is called Taipei Cafe. They have the best mother effing smoothies I have ever tasted in my entire life. Like better than Jamba, better than any other smoothie that I've ever had. It's so good. I don't know what they do to them. The answer is probably crack. Um, But I also had um, braised pork over rice, which was really good. Um, And uh, I had a pork belly bow witch. Ooh. Which, yeah. I love some pork belly bow. Yeah, which was fantastic. Then I was uh, kind of bored and trying to just like make myself have a better day. And I was trying to figure out, huh, what do I want to eat for dinner? I have no idea, but I kind of want to, want to treat myself a little bit. So I went on to the app that I use and they had um, like all of the places that Stephanie Izard likes to order from oh. on this app. So cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Ina May, what is this place? And so I order from this. It's like a soul food restaurant, like elevated soul food. Not that you need to elevate soul food. Um, And I got 
the most amazing mac and cheese. Um, I got a shrimp po' boy. Nice. And uh, some deviled eggs, which like normally, you know, I would not order from a restaurant, but like something was just like, you're going to enjoy these deviled eggs. Just just have a couple deviled eggs, you know. So, yeah, over and uh, all over and out, (laughs) all in all, (laughs) it's contagious, Haley. You're welcome. Uh, All in all, um, a pretty exciting week. Like, I'm excited that I found the best smoothie place ever. I'm thrilled for you, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. I might get a smoothie right now. (laughs) I love that for you. Just the smoothie, though, not the rest of the meal. You might probably just get the rest of the meal. No, I'm good. No, I'm going to wait till dinner. But I had, um, the other thing that I had was from Smoke Barbecue. Have you ever had Smoke Barbecue, Kurt, when you were here? Um, I had some brisket chili that was delicious. Oh, yeah. They're so like the thing that is weird about this restaurant, though, is that, you know, like the size like of a small tin, like for corn muffins, Mm -hmm. like the how tiny those little muffins are. That's how tiny their muffins are, but not just their muffins. Their mac and cheese is also that size. And I was just like, what are we doing here? What? Oh, it just like comes in a tiny little cup. It comes in a tiny little tin. It tastes really good, but it's so odd. It's so weird, and it's very. The portion sizes are very small, considering how much everything costs. But it was still pretty good. So, yeah, and that is what I ate this week. Kurt, what did you eat this week? So. Last night, I made uh, from HelloFresh triple mushroom truffle penne with garlicky panko and parmesan. Although, as I was looking it up online to remember the, the, the description of it, I saw that I named it garlicky Pablo and parmesan. So I just went into my <laughs> socials and corrected my, my typo. I think it was autocorrect. Um, garlicky Pablo. That's a great, my college band name. Um, although, I was, upon reflection, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Was this actually triple mushroom? And it turns out, uh, so mushroom two ways it was it was definitely like button mushrooms that i'd you know you know trimmed and quartered but then I, this is stretching it hello fresh um there was truffle <laughs> dust um and then the third was mushroom uh mushroom stock so uh those were the, the three kinds of mushrooms um it was quite tasty though very good creamy creamy penne truffle thing that was, that i liked a lot um and then i was going to go to this local uh, uh, pizza place yesterday and I was going to get their Italian sub because I realized that Italian sub is like one of my favorite things to try whenever I go to a place that has sandwiches. Like always, I was like, we'll always look up with the best Italian sub. And I got, I was looking on their menu online. I was like, wait, but they have a special, which was a banh mi burger. And I was like, you know what? I will come back to the Italian sub some other time and try me this banh mi burger. And the banh mi burger was quite tasty. And I swapped in sweet potato fries uh, yes. I put some Mike's hot honey on and some dusted some cinnamon on it. Um, and then uh, also they have these like, yeah. And then they also had these like loaded tots. They're like tater tots, but like a bit bigger and stuffed with Gouda and bacon. Um, oh, and it was oh. really, yeah. Um, and it came with a nice like kind of Thousand Islandy dipping sauce. But um, so those were kind of my my highlights of the the week so far. Uh, today I'm. Um, meeting my cousin for lunch at a local tiki bar um and uh is this the usual local tiki bar or is there more than one local tiki bar in your hometown (laughs) that's the no it's the one okay great i was like how many tiki bars does this small town in michigan have so many it's pretty big for a town (laughs) but for a town for a town okay um how about you let's see what did i have i had what did i even make i don't even know i think this was one of those weeks because we're going away next week that um we're trying not to have too much in the fridge but last sunday i remember i talked about having a pulled pork routine it was really good Mm. and then ethan was like i'm gonna get wild and crazy i'm gonna make baklava i said great and then I had a nap because wow. I had a long week. Um, and then what else did I have? Um, I made 
pretzel buns. Um, I had some friends come over on Friday, so I made some pretzel buns and some beer cheese, and that was excellent. And it, I I watch a lot of like not just Food Network shows, like competition shows, but I do love like Girl on the Farm with Molly Yeh, and then also um mary makes it easy with mary berg and that's more of like a canadian show but i do think that has started to air on food network so i do recommend that show mm. and these and these pretzel buns were on the show a couple months ago and i've just like had them in the back of my head since and they turned out really well and then yesterday we went and saw some friends in toronto and on the way home we were looking for somewhere to eat dinner and it was like a Saturday night. And so we like, didn't really want to go to downtown Hamilton where there's a few restaurants we really like. So I was really in the mood for Mexican food. So I just Googled like Mexican food around, like around Hamilton, but not in Hamilton. And I came across this place called um, Maria's Tortas Jalisco. So if you are in the like golden horseshoe area, like I recommend this place just outside of Hamilton but it was incredible. I got to try Berea tacos finally because they've been they've been on trend lately and I have not had mm. the opportunity to try them and they were really delicious. Did you love it? I very much loved it. Yeah. Um, especially because I got them like they're like the double tortilla and I don't know if this is always the case because again, that's the first time I've had them, but they had cheese in between the two tortillas and they yeah. were so good. I love that part. That's how I, I've had them before. Okay. I don't know if that's usual. Usual. But they were really delicious. We also had burgers from Five Guys yesterday, which Ooh. is a special treat because there's not one super close. So, you know, enjoy a bomb. Who do you think those five guys are? I don't know. I try not to talk to too many men who aren't Kurt and also my <laughs> husband and also my father. <laughs> and I have a brother. So those those are those four. Are the only men. Those are the four men. I have room for <laughs> to talk to one more man, but not looking great. Nope. I'm on Haley, Haley's Mount Rushmore of men. You're welcome. That is a high honor. <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that you live in a world where you don't have to surround yourself with men if you don't want to. I don't. Like, I, I just, I can't escape them. I work with They're almost everywhere. exclusively women at every job I have. Oh, what's that like? So good. <laughs> so good. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> I mean, it, you're fine, Kurt. You're on the you're on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, right? You're you're good. But like you're ilk. My God. Yeah, some of us suck. Yeah. Kurt, where can people find you on the internet if you want them to find you on the internet? Well, if you want to see a photo of my uh, uh I I do and Pablo. I'm gonna go to your I'm gonna go to your profile right now. A photo <laughs> of what? My garlicky Pablo, the garlicky panko that was mistyped to the truffle mushroom dish I made last night. That's on my Instagram. Oh. You can follow me at Kurt Clark with two C's. My handle on most social media is Kurt Clark. So with two C's, everybody. Yes. Also, you changed your profile picture and it's not a picture of you. And I thought I was like following some like residence hall. I was like, what is what's happening here? Oh, uh, just yeah, it's a temporary pick for uh, uh, a school uh, 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 faculty member from my high school who's going through some tough times. Mm, mm, that makes mm. sense. Story checks out. I see it, but I was like, "Profile? Who? This is not Kirk, but it is. It is the real Kirk Clark." Let's see. It's Kirk Clark with two C's. Latanya, where can people find you on the internet if you want them to find you on the internet? Um, I this is the last time I'll plug it, but I I just want people to know that uh, Snowfall has come to an end. Um, we covered the last season of it, and we really did like eulogize that show. Like I felt like I felt God in that Chili's. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and and. Uh, yeah, it, we are now looking for a new show to do. So if you like listening to our coverage of Atlanta or Insecure or Snowfall or Swarm, then please let us know what show we should do next. You can email us at connect at postshowrecaps.com. Um, you can also catch me covering the last season because I'm the last season bitch um, of Barry, which is a great show on HBO. Um, that I am covering with the wonderful and talented Mike Bloom, um, friend of the podcast. So, yeah, check that out. 
Is that the one with Bill Hader? It is. I just saw on my Instagram for you page that him and Ali Wong are dating. Yeah, they are. Okay, I support that. Yeah. Uh, I've got some Ali Wong gossip for you if you want to talk about that later. Oh? Um, <laughs> but uh, then um, Josh and I uh, are typically at it, but this time it was just Sterling and I. In Josh's absence, that really like did it up big for Succession versus Yellow Jackets, where we talked about the mid-season finales of each of those uh, TV shows and made them fight in the versus arena. So that's always a good time. Of course, I'm here covering Top Chef with you two lovely people. And finally, I have just started coverage of HBO's Love and Death. Starring Elizabeth Olsen. It's a David E. Kelly show. Same person that brought you Big Little Lies. Um, and it is a show about a woman who may or may not have murdered her best friend because she wanted to continue sleeping with that woman's husband. Um, just lovely true crime stuff that uh, me and the wonderful Sarah Carradine are covering. Uh, another true crime queen who is um, known for crime scene on these rehab streets. So please check us out. You can find out everything that I am doing and tweeting about on Twitter for so long as it continues to be a website at LK Starks. And then you can follow me on Instagram where I will hopefully start to have a life as the sun comes out again. And I'll be uh, posting more pictures at Stormborn1222. Haley, what you, you can do? <laughs> I'm not up to much these days. It's mostly just this. Um, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hstrong underscore. And you can check out everything I am reading over at the Strong Library. I did just post a review this past week. I'm about to fit by about to finish another book. I mean, I am like 20% in. So I'm hoping to get some good work on that this week and then post another review. So keep your eye out for that. And until next time, pack your knives and head on out. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.